You're listening to What's Wellbeing Got To Do With It, a podcast from the What Works Centre for Wellbeing. In this episode, Joanne Smithson, local government lead for the centre, asks... What's wellbeing got to do with singing? It's not about getting to perfection, it's about making a happy sound. It was amazing to, to have people around you, to have people, oh, can we try this note, for example? Can, uh, can you try it like this? Can you try oh, I miss that. I'm surprised and delighted that attendance for our virtual choir practices is very regular and people are extremely loyal. And in fact, um, we've actually attracted a couple of new members. One in five adults in the UK have actually done more arts during lockdown than they did before it. If we think about music and that experience when you're listening to the radio and those first three notes of your favourite song come on the radio, that immediate change in mood that you feel, that uplifting, that joy, I think singing does that and then some and there's that sort of participatory element with singing so you're taking part you're creating those sounds yourself so I think it's it's a mixture of that in the moment happiness and then the thing that intrigues me about singing is how there's also a a longer lasting well-being benefit as well. I was really struck in those early days of lockdown when all the activities that I used to have in my life that brought me pleasure and purpose and meaning and joy weren't happening how actually of all of the things I missed, it was the one hour on a Friday evening singing with my my little choir in the village that I missed the most. And I guess it was a a professional curiosity. I joined the What Works Centre for Wellbeing in October just to find out why that was, why was singing, having a not singing in a group, having such an impact on my wellbeing. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Daisy. Tell me a little bit about your role at UCL. My official title is Dr. Daisy Fancourt, Associate Professor of Psychobiology and Epidemiology at University College London. This is the point where I'll suddenly get really posh and my northern accent disappears. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I sing in a choir. I know when I sing, I always come out of the rehearsals feeling happier and a bit joyful and a bit energised too. I've also got that feeling that I've done a bit of a workout, so there's that sort of physical effect and of a well-being benefit for singing. And I guess also there's something around a sense of community coming together as friends, but also that coming together in the way that we make music together and try and blend that sound. So I guess there's something about the well-being benefits of singing that's um, biopsychosocial. Is, is that sort of a, a framework that we could perhaps unpick a bit? Absolutely. And in fact, with my research team over the last few years, we've been really trying to understand more about how and why it is that singing affects us. Because we've got such strong evidence that singing can help to uh, support aspects of mental and physical health. So, for example, helping to reduce the risk of people developing uh, depression or helping people manage the symptoms of depression or anxiety or stresses but also helping people from a physical perspective, for example, with lung capacity and with the management of uh, respiratory related illnesses. So we've been trying to work out how it is that singing does that. And we've got two main theoretical models that we apply. The first of these we call multimodal theory. And it's the idea that singing's got lots of different components to it that are innately beneficial to health. So for example, the fact that you have to breathe in and take in more oxygen at once, 
the fact that it gets you out of your home so therefore it involves a bit of gentle physical activity I'm breathing with the you that... I'm breathing with you as we're talking about this so it is it's a really physical presence isn't it that you're doing yeah exactly and so then, this, but of course, what's good about singing is the fact that it is a leisure activity, not a medical activity. So you get all of these different benefits of the components without it feeling like you're having to engage in something that's medical. You, you engage because you want to for the joy of it. And that's a great motivation. But then the second theoretical model is about how, what are the mechanisms by which singing then affects health? And we actually say that they're psychological, biological, social and behavioural now. And what's particularly fascinating is they, they not only operate at an individual level. So you talk about feeling like you've had that social interaction, which might help you feel less lonely, for example. But it also works at a group level. So as a group, there'll be increased social bonding that's going on between you and the other people. There'll be a sense of group cohesion. And this might start to spill out into other aspects of neighbourhood and community as well. It really is. It's interesting, isn't it, how something as simple as singing has such a range of benefits across so many different parts of our lives as well. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting that we also see this across the life course, across people of all ages. And we often talk about something called life course epidemiology. So the idea that um, there are certain sensitive spots in your life when things can have particular benefits. And it's interesting that we often get a lot of singing around transition periods for people. People often join choirs, for example, in school or when they go to a new university or they join them uh, when, they, when they retire and they're looking for new hobbies. And these are times when we can be psychologically more sensitive, suggesting that turning to singing at those points could be a really beneficial thing to do. Um, I know you've also looked at... Um at singing with virtual choirs against singing live. Um, are there any differences in the research there? This is a really interesting question. And we actually, we published a paper on this about 18 months ago, which at the time was seen as rather niche topic to explore, <laughs> but suddenly COVID has had thousands of downloads and it's become highly pertinent. So we looked at the uh, concept of virtual choirs, which I know we've seen a lot more of during the pandemic, people singing from their own homes together online. And we wanted to know if there were the same kinds of emotional benefits and social benefits as live choirs. And we found that actually in terms of the social side of it, it was very varied as to how much people felt they were socially present. So for some people being in a virtual choir, they really bought into it psychologically and really felt it was um, a real thing. Whereas for others, they still felt like they were singing from their own bedrooms on their own. But we actually found that from an emotional perspective, people got almost the same, same kinds of emotional benefits from the virtual choir as from the real choir. Um, so I think this is really interesting because it suggests that for people who live perhaps in isolated areas or for these unusual circumstances like we're all going through now, there is a value to looking at online digital opportunities. Yes, they might not be quite the same and they might operate in different ways, but they also might provide new opportunities. We actually found that levels of self-esteem got higher after being in a virtual choir, perhaps because people weren't nervous about others overhearing them singing out of tune, for example. They were able to wait till they were happy with their own performance before they uploaded it. And there were no pre-performance nerves in the same way. So it's possible these can still be really beneficial, healthy activities. Thank you so much, Daisy, Thank for your time. You. <laughs> Cheers. Bye-bye. So where to go next to find out more about singing and the wellbeing benefits? So I'd read our research and I'll put some links in the show notes to that. I'd spoken to a leading academic. I'd got my own personal experience of singing in a choir, but I really wanted to hear to other choirs who were established um, and who'd moved their singing online um, to really understand about the benefits and how those translated 
um, in this new way of working. So I'd seen online that the Citizens of the World Choir of Refugees and Friends had been doing online rehearsals, they'd been creating some new music. Um, so I contacted them to see if they'd be happy um, to share with me their experiences. I'm delighted today that we're joined um, by Tess Berry Hart from the Citizens of the World Choir of Ret Refugees and Friends. Um, Tess has been a volunteer with the choir since it started in 2017. Um, she helped set up the group and, and this year she's taken on an official role as a fundraiser. So Tess, thank you so much for chatting to us today. Thank you, Joanne. Really nice to be here. Could you tell us a little bit about the, the choir? Certainly. Well, the Citizens of the World Choir of Refugees and Friends was set up back in 2017 after the closure of the large Calais jungle refugee camp in northern France. Myself and a few other volunteers had been volunteering there. And after the camp closed, we decided to try and set up a group within the UK for people who had come over to help learn singing skills and help make friends, integrate into the community and just give people a opportunity to express themselves that wasn't all to do with being a refugee. Let's hear the experiences of some of the choir members and at their request, we won't be using their names. There's this burden that I know that is being taken away from me. It's kind of therapeutic for me, you know. So I just feel like just laughing each time after the rehearsals. Uh, actually, what it makes it special because as I was uh, new and when I joined them, I feel very welcome by all the crew or all the group. And it feels like, uh, uh, I, how can I say this? So? how it really feels. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. It feels like being accepted. I mean, the title of the choir, the Choir of Refugees and Friends, I think tells us quite a lot about the focus of your work. Absolutely. So the most important thing for us was to be able to give people a a space where they could express themselves, learn musical skills, contribute the musical skills that they had, and just be part of a larger community because music elevates you, doesn't it? Yeah, and how, how do you think singing helps and facilitates that? Because I know in our research, we've found that there's something about singing together that sort of bonds people. Is that, is that something that you found with your choir as well? Absolutely. The joyfulness of music and the fact that it is culturally, you know, all over the world in some form or another, it gives everybody the opportunity to bring something to the table, even people who haven't sung before. So the, the, the whole idea of being a singing and, you know, taking deep breaths and the feeling of being part of a group and standing together all singing the same words next to people who you probably wouldn't ever have come across um, in uh, other parts of your life. You know, it's a very um, bonding experience because you feel all as one. Here are the choir members again. Uh, you sing songs. I didn't sing it from a long time uh, with the group, so I feel it's really good. And I really, you know, when you don't sing it for, for some time, you just sing it alone and sing it as a group, you have this experience. Oh, we used to sing, yes, like that <laughs> with the people. So uh was amazing to, to have people around you, to have people, oh, can we try this note, for example? Can, uh, so can you try it like this? Can you try, oh, I miss that. I miss that. I miss that. 
Oh, so if we go back to March 2020, you were rehearsing, weren't you, for a programme and then we all were told we can't can't continue to meet and sing together in, in, in person. How did you respond with your choir? We were all really looking forward to being in the same room and seeing old friends. And then all of a sudden, the announcements started happening, large venues started closing, and we thought the only responsible thing to do is we can't carry on yeah. with in-person rehearsals. And at the very beginning, nobody really knew what would happen. So I think, like many of us, we had an idea that we would perhaps do a couple of online rehearsals and then soon over the summer we would be able to rehearse yeah. Of course it didn't end up that way. So instantly uh, Becky organised a Zoom account and, and, and all our team members started connecting up our um, our choir members to, uh, to, a, to a technology that really not many of us had had yeah. occasion to use before. I think I'd used it for a couple of uh, work meetings once and so for many of us it was a whole new alien thing and not not many of us had the right equipment to connect or uh, appropriate wi-fi or data to be able to take part in it so you know it's not a level playing field just because many people are able to get online doesn't mean that all people whatever their socio-economic background are able to so we had a, quite a few weeks just easing a few people in at a time with trial rehearsals. And the first one was surprisingly successful. It was like with four people. Yeah. <laughs> and we learned the do's and don'ts. And then we were able to bring a few more people in uh, a few more days later. So it was a learning exercise for everyone. And I still, I'm, I'm not sure that Zoom is the best platform ever to sing on, but the advantages are that you're all uh, together, you can see each other and you do have the feeling of not being so alone anymore. And the feeling of lockdown that one is isolated, that you're alone, that is the really hard thing to deal with. Let's hear from the choir members again. It was kind of difficult, you know, trying to sing um, um, through the, like, um, through the, you know, internet. Um, but I just prefer it, you know, it's better than nothing. Yes, I feel it is, it is still benefit to see people and you feel you have something to do. Otherwise, you feel like you sit and you do nothing, zero. It would be really depressing. So, yeah, sing and you, you keep singing to give you a positive energy and you, uh, you remember you sing, you are happy. Yeah, it make you happy, make you relax. So there's always the difficulty of online connection not being exactly the same as in-person connection. However, I feel that the emotions and the happiness people feel of being able to be back in the group in a virtual room does override that. And people were so happy to have this online version, even though it's not on, uh, in person everybody really felt the benefits of it even so which was very interesting yeah Tess very Hart from the Citizens of the World Choir of Refugees and Friends thank you so much when the choir that I sing with moved its rehearsals online in March it gave me that opportunity to do a natural experiment to really see in practice how those benefits that we know we derive from singing face to face would translate to that online platform that online setting how to go about that? Well, I looked at our centre guide and we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but we've got a, a super guide that 
talks you through the different steps you need to do to assess the wellbeing benefits of a project, of an intervention, of a programme. At the heart of that is collecting baseline statistics. So we put together a very simple survey that we shared with members online that captured some descriptive statistics. It used the shortened version of the WEMWeb scale, asking people statements around thoughts and feelings. We then asked some open questions about why people were members of a choir. We asked them to describe what the practices were like to somebody who hadn't attended. We asked them how they felt at the end of the practices as well. And we also looked at how much people had used technology before and whether they'd taken part in any other online music making. I then followed that up after 10 weeks of online rehearsals to ask some similar questions, but also get people's experiences of those online practices as well. What was different? What felt different, if anything? Um, so I pulled the research together and then I had a chat with um, our choir leader, Richard Bloodworth, to just really reflect with him as the choir leader how he felt those rehearsals had changed. Um, so this is now me chatting with Richard. So I'm joined today um, by Richard Bloodworth. Um, Richard is the choir leader in the choir where I sing in Sad Verge. Um, great to have you joining us today, Richard. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. What I need to do is need to tell people a little bit about the choir, don't we? That we're the sort of church choir used to meet um, and for the last 10, 12 weeks we've been yeah. online. Yeah. So... When we decided to see if we could explore working online, one of the things that um, I was really keen to do was to say, well, okay, if we're going to do that, let's, let's see if we can learn a bit. Let's do some exploratory research and see if we can get a bit of a sense of people's experience about how singing in a choir online is different to singing um, together in church as we do. And it's interesting, isn't it, seeing, I, I suppose, as a group, how we've embraced the technology um, and lots of lots of real positivity from the participants and from singers taking part. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised and delighted that attendance for our virtual choir practices is very regular and people are extremely loyal. And in fact, um, we, we've actually attracted a couple of new members who, yeah. who've, really enjoyed, who've really enjoyed singing with us. Um, I, and and one of them said to me the other day, I, 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 the people are really nice and I may well come and join you in church when everything starts up again. Let's hear the experiences of some of the choir members. I feel as though my batteries have been recharged. I just love it. And I think the reason I love it is it just takes my mind off everything else that's going on in my life. Because the concentration, you know, just the focusing on the notes I think it's a bit like sport. It's something that takes you out of yourself a little bit. And I think I've had a lot going on in my life with various health issues with myself, with my children. Um, and I've just found it a really lovely release. I think the other thing that when we, we asked um, the, the singers in the choir about their experiences, a lot of them spoke about it actually being sort of productive and meaningful. So being able to work on a piece of music and see that move forward. I think there was some some sadness that we weren't quite sure if it would come to performance and when that might be. But actually that Friday evening, having a purpose working through music was, was something that the singers really valued. 
Yes, I think I think they do. Um, people people get it. People get into into habits of things that mark their week, don't they? And yes, one of one of the things about lockdown has been that every day is the same, yeah. um, <laughs> and you can't. Yeah. People, people haven't been able to go to church on Sunday. They haven't been able to do any of the normal things that that, that, that mark out their week musically or in any other way. And so just something, one fixed point in the week, I think has been very helpful for people. There's a very happy atmosphere in the choir. And it's not about getting to perfection. It's about making a happy sound. And that's what I've really appreciated. But actually, I also think that it's good that there is an aspiration to doing it very well. It's nice to be a part of that. Um, as, and, you know, we try and we make it an enjoyable experience. People always people always seem to have a happy time. They look forward to seeing each other on Zoom and, and exchanging news and views. Um, I try and keep it fairly lighthearted um, so that so that people go away feeling feeling uplifted, not just by the singing, but, but by the strength of the group around them. Uh, and the general experience that they've had. And I quite often get emails afterwards saying, you know, great practice tonight, thank you very much, and all of that. Yeah, that's, it definitely came through in the evaluation. I think one of the things that has translated really well from working in person to working online is just the joy. We're still hearing in my research, you know, people telling me that the sinning was exhilarating, it's uplifting, it makes me feel chief, cheerful. I feel more alive, positive and cheerful was one of the responses. Yeah. And that, yeah. So absolutely that, that, that joy and the uplifting element of singing has really translated. And, and interestingly, the social piece as well, when we did the very first survey, so just at the start of lockdown, before we'd done actually our first virtual rehearsal, I asked members why they were involved in, in the church choir. And a lot of it was about the music um, and some about the spirituality and then when we looked seven, eight weeks later uh, as to what they got out of it, actually that, that being part of a group was what was really, was really valued yeah. by them. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I'm sure. Some, some people haven't um, participated, mostly older people or people with, with, with commitments at home that make it difficult. Um, and that's a bit of a shame. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to think hard about ways of, of bringing them back into the fold and getting in touch with the music that we've learned um, once we get back together because it's 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 really important that that group feel should yeah. become exclusive super brilliant thanks again um okay. no what i might do um is at the at some point maybe at the end of the rehearsal on friday just do five minutes with the group and just share with them some of the, yes, of the feedback yeah. Thanks to everyone we spoke to for this episode and thanks to you for listening. You can find all the resources and more information about this topic in the show notes and on our website at whatworkswellbeing.org.